Hello, and welcome to the Forthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. Before we do anything, anything else today, welcome back, Brian, and need to ask you a very important question. Uh-oh. No, this is important, because you weren't here for a couple weeks, and I just gotta ask, what is your reaction to the announcement of the Forgotten Realms magic set? Because you're a huge, Woo! you're a huge, huge D&D fan. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I am get super that. excited for it. Um, all I know is they better have a, a Dristorden card and uh, maybe some other Forgotten Realms legends. I'm really looking forward to the legends from that set because uh, I, I read a lot of the Forgotten Realms lore, so I, I, I need certain legends to be in the set. But I would settle for Dristorden. Drizzt, or, or however you say it, Drizzt. Um, and, uh, you know, that would be really, really nice. I, I cannot wait for that set. Out of morbid curiosity, what characters do you mean when you say a bunch of other legends? So I would love to see Catterly Bonaduce, or Bonaduce, uh, another R.A. Salvatore uh, Forgotten Realms character who has uh, become the... Uh, Forgotten King, or no, that's not right. It's something else. But obviously, Elminster. Um, uh, gosh, there's Artemis and Trary would be nice. Um, Bruner Battlehammer. Oh yes, the Boulder Trilogy Brothers would be great. Oh yes, I need that. And a doodad, I need that. Um, I I want to see uh, Kelvin ba- Blackstaff would be sweet. Um, oh man, there's, I want to see, uh, what's the giant beholder's name who lives underwater deep? Oh man. Xanathar? Yes, Xanathar. I can't believe I forgot that name. You know, he's on the cover of a book. Yes, Xanathar would be great. Um, love to see some illithids. Uh, I need to see some illithid cards. I want to know what, I guess they'd probably be horrors, but I, I would love to see them get their own creature type, but I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, listen, um, they're, they're just listeds. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen, but <laughs> we're not getting listened back. But uh there there's so many awesome characters and I know they're not going to just haul all of the RA Salvatore books and like they're not using all their legends. So I'm expecting at least Elminster, I'm expecting Brits, um Artemis and Trayer would be sweet, but again I don't I don't think they're gonna do all of like I really, I'm really intrigued because like we didn't get that many legends in the last core set, and since this is replacing a core set, I don't know how many legends we're actually getting. Like if this were an actual um, like non-core set standard set, I would be really, this, I would, I would love for this to be like Dominaria and have a bunch of legends. But right now, I'm like, yeah, I guess we're probably only getting like eight, eight to like ten legends because of the, the placement and the schedule, so we'll see what happens. But, um, I'm super excited for that set. My lips are sealed on that. Y'all will see what happens when uh, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons uh, make a sweet little love baby together next summer. Uh, gosh, heck. Uh, it's really cool. Anyway, thank you, Brian, for sharing thoughts. Uh, because uh, 
I gotta tell you, when I found out about this set, my thoughts immediately turned to you and Chris, and I'm like, oh my gosh. They're gonna lose their minds. That's gonna be great. Super sweet. Alright, uh... That out of the way, uh, we do have one small little news bit back in the Magic Multiverse. Uh, this past week, there was an article up on the Mothership about the legendary creatures in Zendikar Rising. So we're going to link to that. Go check that out. We uh, we talked about all of these characters um, a little bit in our Flavor Gems episode, but the article goes a little bit more in depth on all of them, like... Uh, learning that uh, Karix is a skyclave crab thing and fell into the ocean, or a, a skyclave mutated crab thing uh, who uh, fell into the ocean after the skyclaves uh, ascended and uh, was, was feeding on their magical energies. It's a whole thing. It's really cool. Uh, the, the legends in the set from from like the humanoids at Seagate to the weird monsters, uh, you know, it's a Zendikar set. So we, we have a, a lot of different characters uh, doing different things and, and they're they're fun. So go uh, catch up on those backstories. But uh, you can you can play some games of magic on the back of Charx if you can play on Magic Arena. Yeah, the the Zendikar Rising uh, battlefield is the the back of the island sized crab is neat um yeah uh, zendikar rising is out on arena so go do the thing and uh when you're done doing the thing or if you want to save the thing for later come back here because we have some magic story to talk about we are uh, a few weeks behind because we were kind of blindsided by magic story returning to Mm -hmm. the mothership in an episodic fashion and so you know our our schedule was a little inflexible, so we're uh, lagging a couple of weeks behind, but hopefully that will give everyone plenty of time to read the stories. So we are uh, about two weeks, two weeks off. Uh, we're going to do uh, two stories uh, every episode because we are on Wednesdays getting the main set stories. And then on Fridays, we are getting stories that focus on legendary creatures in the set. And so uh, for the next, I think, five weeks or six weeks, I don't remember. Uh- Five total weeks. Five so total starting weeks. with this one, four more. Cool. Um, five total weeks. Uh, we are going to be covering uh, a main set story and a Legends side story. Well, like, they're like sort of side stories. They're like tied in with the main thing, but they, the focus is not on the Planeswalkers. Um, so we're going to cover like one week's worth of stories. Uh, so, for example... This week, we are going to cover the first episode of the main story, a story titled In the Heart of the Skyclave, and then we are going to cover the first legend story, which is called Red Root, or Red Route, if you're one of those people who pronounce that word that way. Uh, I will not judge you for it, just understand that it's worse. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't actually care, but... um, and if you pronounce red differently, I guess go ahead, do your thing. But I don't just know where you're going with this, Lorelai. <laughs> look, it's a t- it's called a tan. Look, I have ADHD. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, it this is still not as bad as our, our before the show when we were talking about teeth liches and stuff. Um, if you're not one of our live listeners, which you can be, if you head over to Patreon.com/slash/TheVorthosCast and support our show. You can you can hang with us before and after the show. You get you get to hear weird stuff. 
like like teeth liches. So sorry to all the folks who missed out on that. Just saying, if you get some mysterious teeth in the mail, do not put them in your mouth. You will become the thrall of a teeth lich. No, they have. They're not <laughs> mysterious teeth in a mail. They're teeth indentures that like get put into doctor's offices and given to people. It's different. No, there's just going to be another very entrepreneurial teeth lich that just mails out individual teeth to people, hoping that someone will just slide them into their mouth. Oh, another? that's weird. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we should talk about the Magic the Gathering story. <laughs> anyway. I cornered that market another <laughs> Anyway. Um, in, in the heart of the sky. Club. In the heart of the sky. Club. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, give me a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see what happens when Jay's not here. Uh, uh, Jay, by the way, will not be here for the next couple weeks because what with him being consulting lore master and being involved with the production of this these stories, he's not into the idea of sitting here summarizing and critiquing them because that is like a conflict of interest or something or other. I don't know. I anyway. Think, I think the truth is that Jay can't block warriors. Uh, Correct. But we knew that. So um, that's not new information. Anyway, in the heart of the sky glade. <laughs> so, Nahiri. Right? Nahiri. You know, the core planeswalker who just tried to kill everyone on Innistrad. Um, that's a lie. She just tried to kill Soren on Ravnica. But, uh... So, Akiri is back on Zendikar. Turns out, Zendikar survived. Uh, her her little tantrum when she escaped the Hell Vault was for naught, because those rampaging Eldrazi she saw that she thought Soren didn't deal with uh, were killed. And with their deaths, the royal should have ceased. But it didn't. So Nahiri is, uh, I, I guess, short little backstory. Um, Nahiri is over 6,000 years old. She is a member of the Makindi Empire, which was the super ancient uh, plane-spanning empire of the core. They are the ones who built the seven skyclaves, one over each continent. And they started as safe havens for core to live and then became... Uh, fortresses for global oppression as the McKinney Empire uh, stopped being a force for safety and protection and started being a force for um, oppression and subjugation. And anyway, so the, the Skyclaves all fell uh, in the century before the Eldrazi were trapped on Zendikar. And then, you know, all the stuff on Zendikar happened between then and now. We did a whole podcast episode about it called The Story of Zendikar. Go listen to it. And so Nahiri is back, and she is in the Akum Skyclave, which is now risen again and is above the teeth of Akum. And she is looking for a piece of ancient core technology because she wants to stop the royal because it's still destroying settlements and still killing people, and it's still angry, and Zendikar isn't behaving the way she thinks it should behave, and she's going to make things right. I don't want to start any discourse, but I'm kind of worried Nahiri's not a good person. Uh, she's not yeah. a good person. No discord needed. Dis discourse. Discord. Yeah. <laughs> you can also get access to on patreon.com slash cast because everyone who supports us gets access to our discord community. Bam. Turn that into 
little promo. Anyway, so Nahiri is at the Skyclave, and um, the royal erupts underneath her, and you know she's tumbling, and then it reasserts her control over the rock, and is very just angry at the land, and uh, she senses a planeswalker nearby. And it's Nyssa, because she has reached out to Nyssa to be like, hey, we fought together in War of the Spark. I know you're from here. I'm from here. You like Sendakar. I like Sendakar. We can Send- forget a little genocide. It's okay. Well, yeah, things get prickly <laughs> between them. Because uh, Nissa jabs at, hey, aren't you the one who tried to kill everyone on Innistrad? And uh, Nahiri shoots back, hey, aren't you the one who released the Eldrazi Titans on Zendikar, our home plane that you swore to protect? And Nissa's just kind of like, well, I mean... Um, but uh, Nahiri has reached out because they are uh, both people who consider themselves the protectors of Zendikar and, and care very much for the plane and its people and are looking to solve a problem. And uh, Nahiri's a little esoteric about exactly what that problem is, but, uh, you know, Nissa's glad to help. You know, she she feels this... Uh, there's There's tension, but there's, you know... Someone reached out for help, and she's going to help, and it's about a thing she cares about. So um, they start traveling through the Skyclave, and, and uh, Nahiri can, uh, with her lithomancy, can feel the stone. And uh, they, they are looking for an ancient core artifact, and so she can kind of feel the pulses of power. And uh, then they get attacked by a Felidar, uh, one of the corrupted Skyclave ones, and uh, they got to fight it and kill it which is pretty bad for the Felidar, because now it's dead. Um, yeah, it. Uh, we get this really interesting moment there between Nahiri and Nyssa, wherein we see their different sort of approaches to fighting and how they're both effective and also in their own ways ineffective. Yeah, the it's just like a short little moment that highlights um, they're limited on their own, but they work really well together. And like, it, there's this kind of hope for a partnership uh, to to do some good on Zendikar. That's kind of what that sets up. Um, the problem is they get to a room where Nahiri loses the path. Um, and she can she can no longer feel where this artifact is. Uh, Nissa notices there's like a whole bunch of like mosses and ferns in this room, and is like, "Hey, wait a sec! I know you can't follow this energy anymore, but I know someone who might." So she summons this big fern elemental who can uh, also kind of sense the energy of the skyclave because it's, you know, an elemental from the plants uh, living there. And so uh, the two planeswalkers and their fern monster companion elemental uh, start making their way deeper and deeper and deeper into the skyclave. And they do it. They get to a room in the heart of the skyclave. Hey, wait, that's the title of the story. Uh, And they find... An ancient artifact, uh, a key. Uh, it is. It is not like the thing Nahiri is looking for, but it's the thing to find the thing. You know, national treasure style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very disappointed that I wrote no flavor text for a character inspired by Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. But <laughs> maybe, maybe Same. next time. Uh, <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage should just be a planeswalker. Not even like. Are we? Are we character. sure he's not? Like he, they, like Nicholas Cage, Planeswalker should just be a card. Anyway, um, so they find the, find this key, and it's like this hopeful moment. Hey, 
you know, there's this ancient power and we might actually be able to do some good here. And then uh, the royal flares up again. And the Skyclaves are really unstable. And uh, Nahiri is like, hey, this isn't what I was looking for, but it bears a fraction of its power and I can use it right now. And activates the key and it immediately quells the royal. But in doing so, it extinguishes all the life in the Skyclave. And in one flash, this fern elemental and all the other plants growing in the nooks and crannies of the ruins are just blown to ash. Nyssa, no, known friend of elementals and land and plants, doesn't seem very happy about this. And she's like, hey, Nihiri, gotta say, if your plan is to shut the royal down, and that plan also involves killing what makes Sendakar alive, I'm not going to uh, go along with that. And she she's this whole time kind of been having this uh, crisis of uh, how, how do I take action? How do I be proactive? And, and so she is like, hey, what would Gideon do? Because, you know, he's dead. And um, the, the kind of Gideon's legacy as a leader uh, kind of affecting the members of the original Gatewatch being like, hey, now, how how do we how do we be leaders in in the wake of getting sacrificed? And so um, this is very proactive and it's like, hey, Gideon would not stand for this kind of debt. Gideon would know that this is not the solution to this problem. And she and Nahiri get into a little scuffle because Nahiri, known fighty fighter, uh, <laughs> is happy to be in a fight. And um, in in the middle of this fight, this is like, look. There's nothing I can do here, but I know where I can go for help because that that's what Gideon do. Gideon would see a problem, know something would have to be done and go get help. So she planes walks away to Ravnica. Someone else want to pick up from here because <laughs> I've been doing most of this so far. Yeah. So Nahiri uh, or excuse me, Nissa. you know, it's really interesting that they decide to make this whole story about two characters of the names that begin with N. Anyways, uh, Nissa planeswalks to Ravnica, and of course, she's going for the help of the one person in the multiverse best known for handling situations on Zendikar perfectly, uh, Jace Bellerin. Um, so Jace is in his sanctum, which is interesting because I'm curious about his position in Ravnica post uh, War of the Spark, but maybe we'll learn some more in future stories. Uh, she arrives and she seeks out Jace's help, and Jace... Uh, Patently ignores her for a moment before realizing that that is Nyssa and she is there to meet with him. Uh, he perks up. They have their excited little chit chat. Jace stumbles over his words more than anyone else in all of magic history. It's a he's lot. So of <laughs> he's so excited that there is a puzzle. Surprise! I found a puzzle. Uh, yeah, and things don't necessarily go well at first. Um, Jace is talking over Nyssa. He's stumbling all over her in his social awkwardness. Uh, and it really starts frustrating Nyssa. And he tries to explain to her that he wants to help. He has a moment. He centers himself. And then he lets slip a line that he probably should have kept to himself about interest in studying the artifact that Nahiri is looking into. And this just sets Nyssa off entirely. Uh, she just up and leaves Jace cold. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned before, I have ADHD, and, uh, you know, when you activate my special interest, uh, you know, I occasionally can steamroll conversations, so that, that is, uh, Jace is very relatable in the scene, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, Nissa is, like, 
No. <laughs> this is a bad comparison with her being uh, Black Queen in the set, but it's like, so the Thanos post credit scene where he grabs the Infinity Gauntlet is like, well, I'll just have to do this myself. Uh, that's kind of her little moment. She's not like villain, but like, it's it's this like she she is frustrated because Jace is like not letting her talk and like she is trying to be a leader and Jace is kind of steamrolling her um, and uh, forgetting that like hey he can sit back and listen he can calm down and he can uh, be be a little more understanding and empathetic in that kind of situation so she storms back to Zendikar and and Jace is like ah poop I screwed up um, but he clearly wasn't listening to ice the or he clearly wasn't listening to vanilla ice when he was talking about stop collaborate and listen <sighs> I'm, I'm trying to think well no jace has been to kamagawa because i mean you need you need I, I figure that's probably the plane vanilla ice is on because go ninja go ninja go um uh yes yeah, yeah, definitely uh, although I mean, although Although the mutant turtles are on Ikoria, so you know what? Maybe, ah, see, easy solution. Villain, vanilla Ice, Planeswalker. Probably yep. friends with Nick Cage, Planeswalker. Uh, uh, <laughs> Lordy. Um, yeah, so Jace is like, hey, I messed up, but I still want to help. Also, can't resist a puzzle. So he's like, hey, I'm going to head off to Zendikar 2. And that's in the heart of the Skyclave. That's the story that sets us off on this adventure. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of reflective things really to say about this story. Um I I like the characterizations of all these characters and how they're set up and I I like how they're all interacting with each other in uh this story in particular and this set bigger picture. Um I I like Jace when he's all puzzle savvy and excited about puzzles, but like he's also still struggling with empathy and um being a good leader and not being domineering like like he's he's applying the things he learned on Ixalan to his real life now in like a real situation and uh awkward insecure jace is still struggling and that's uh very human of him um but then i you know i basically the thing i've probably talked about most about the set is is the nahiri nissa conflict they are they are butting heads as um, the p- two people who think that they are the true guardian of Zendikar. It, this story definitely gives you a little bit more insight than we've had about Nahiri because in prior stories we didn't really see this uh, this side of Nahiri as far as her adamant uh, posture about being the sole protector of of uh, Zendikar and her being so stubborn. Whereas she was a little bit more pliable when um, Ugin and Swan were convincing her to allow the Yogarov to be captured here on, on Zendikar way back when um, in the original story that I'm blanking on for some reason. Um, but it, it, like, because in all the time that we had prior to this story, you know, I kind of, I was always unabashedly team Nahiri as far as, you know, I could I could sympathize with her being kind of upset with Soren about like purposefully blocking himself off, blocking Innistrad off from the from external intrusion intrusions and stopping the, the like the call for help as it were um, and by effects 
breaking his promise to come when called for. So, you know, this, this definitely puts her in a different light. And, you know, it, it really makes me, it, it definitely makes me question my support of Nahiri in this whole conflict. Now, I still acknowledge that the fact that Soren is by no means innocent in any of this either. So, you know, it, it definitely gives us a little more insight on a character that we had only had, you know, surface level interactions with in the past. And it definitely gives you more uh, depth to that. Yeah, we've uh, previous this kind of post Eldrazi version of Nahiri. We've only seen her be destructive, uh, cool. and and now she is wants to be productive and creative. Um, also, on the Sora not being innocent part, uh, yeah, it's called Innistrad, not Innocent Strad. So obviously, <laughs> he's uh, yeah. Chris, any thoughts on this story? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think you both kind of echoed some of the main thoughts I had. It was just a great way to set up the conflict between Nyssa and Nahiri, get a good bit of characterization, explain why Jace isn't also there. Um, yeah, I thought it was a it was a good beginning to the adventure. I left off that story feeling uh, very concerned because I do not think I can see a good ending for Zendikar if Nahiri... Uh, has this key and seems to so far be unmatched. And yeah, so I left off kind of like, okay, the tension has been created. The story has been outlined and I want the next installment. Oh, one other thing. Uh-huh. So there, there was another protector of Zendikar that was, you know, off plane looking for answers to the Eldrazi. What happened to Kiora? I don't know. That, that was definitely a question that I had um, coming off the end of the story because you know, she was in Ravnica for War of the Spark, so, you know, I, you would have, I would have thought that maybe they ran into her just like, because we don't ever see where Nyssa and Nahiri met directly, so it would make me, you know, there should have been some kind of for interaction with, or there could have been, there, there possibly could have been interaction with uh, Kiora, but it just makes me wonder why no one thought to consult Kiora about their, or her, uh, her stance on what to do about Zendikar. Someone sent out the invites to uh, the Guardian of Zendikar party. And if you think Kiora would ever show up to anything that made her labeled the Guardian of Zendikar, uh, <laughs> that is the last planeswalker from that plane I would expect to take on that mantle. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, so well, obviously I have, Kiora's not here for mostly gameplay reasons and narrative reasons. Uh, like, I don't think Kiora sees herself as guardian of Zendikar. Like, not 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 in like an ownership sense. I think she is mad that Eldrazi are on her home. Like, she's she's more of a get off my lawn person. Not a yeah. I have a a responsibility responsibility to defend this plane. Uh, I don't. I once the Eldrazi are dead and gone, I don't think she really cares um, about the safety. Uh, of rebuilding communities. She's always off doing her own thing, like the good cozy creed trickster she is. Um I will say I did I did a bad thing and that's uh I forgot to mention that the author for this uh story and for all of uh, the main set stories is AT Greenblatt uh who has a Nebula award and uh, writes a whole bunch of science fiction, science fiction and fantasy short stories. So, welcome AT Greenblatt to the Magic Story family. Um, and with that, 
we're going to move on to the first side story called Red Route. There, I have now pronounced it multiple ways for, <laughs> to appeal to a broader audience. Uh, and uh, this one is uh, part one of a two-part story. We'll uh, talk about the second part next week. Uh, they are both by Miguel Lopez. Yes, um, these are... Um, I really, really enjoyed Red Route. Uh, and it's a great little character piece. Uh, it really starts off with uh, bringing back some hold fan on, favorites. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I, I got it. I gotta jump in for a sec. Uh, little bio on Miguel, who's a writer and narrative designer who has uh, done narrative design work for Lancer, which is very cool. And I haven't gotten to play, but if you like tabletop RPGs and stuff, go play Lancer. Okay, Chris, back to you. Oh, I was just gonna let you keep going. I mean, oh no, that was it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So with the Red Root, uh, we get this wonderful story about. A returning fan favorite Akiri from the very successful partner uh, mechanic introduced in Commander 2016? I don't know. I I couldn't remember it the last time we mentioned Akiri, so uh, I think 16 was correct. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, we learn a lot about Akiri and who she is and who she's been since the time of uh, Battle for Zendikar. And it starts off by her slinging through the air in some of those beautifully described movement in a story I've ever read Mm -hmm. Um, with Akiri and Zareth San, who is this merfolk rogue who is following behind her uh, hooting and hollering and just making us make a lot of noise. Um, And this really well done stark contrast to Akiri, who is moving very fluidly and gracefully and quietly and then Zarasan's just kind of launching himself through these rocks, and it is very fun. He's having a good time. Uh, yes, and that's because they are uh, taking a very difficult route uh, called the Red Route, which was apparently uh, created during the Battle for Zendikar, as have a lot of these routes that they are using, uh, which I thought was a really cool little world-building tidbit there that hey, the uh, hooks... Mm-hmm. Another really cool world building tidbit is that you switch your pronunciation pronunciation of uh, root and route within the same uh, same same breath there. That that was neat. Appeal to all the audiences. <laughs> that was very much intentional. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these uh, routes that are set up with these hooks and uh, the sides of the walls and the floating islands of Zendikar were apparently set up as people were carrying supplies and people during the uh, battle against the Eldrazi. So they are on this trip because they are looking for uh, something called the a fallen hedron. They are looking for it because there's some connection to the Skyclave ruins. They don't know what. It's very mysterious. There's like this mention of a benefactor. We're not really sure what's happening. But they are trying to climb up this red route to this uh, what I thought was pretty cleverly disguised as the Bucket Island. Did anyone else get that from that? Oh, I didn't. I didn't get that sense from it. Um, they they kind of describe it as like a floating thing, and there's a waterfall coming out of it. So in my mind, I just went to Bucket Island. Oh, I hmm. don't know. I, I would have to look at the specifics of the description again. Uh, it doesn't really matter because they get there and there's no hedron, anyways. Uh, it was just kind of a a wash, you could say, um, and they. Uh, head on out from there and are on their way back to Seagate. Uh, Zareth San is a little apprehensive about all of this and 
you get this sort of backstory between him and uh, Akiri where he might have stolen some things. He might have acted in a little bit of a uh, roguish manner in the past and might have disappeared during the battle against the Eldrazi, which is a a big no-no. What a surprise. The dude called the trickster tricked people and did crimes. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a... um, it's an interesting combination because you have Akiri, who's this archetypical red-white adventurer. Uh, she's passionate, but also has a set of rules that she's going by. And she seems very much sort of in that zone. And then you have Zareth San, who's like probably stealing books from wizards, probably not welcome back to the library of Seagate. <laughs> we don't get a lot of details. Yeah, there's uh, there's a brief mention of uh, Kaza and Aura the other two members of their party and uh, uh, some backstory from the battle about um, Zareth kind of, you know, he could hold a spear. So he was conscripted into the uh, allied army of Zendikar because they needed soldiers. And, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of musings on loss and the the residual trauma from that event for, for both Akiri and Zareth. They both lost uh, a lot of people they cared about but still have each other. Hooray. So uh, on their way back to Seagate, they spend the night at the Magosi Portage. This is the, the Magosi Waterfall. The, the It's like a 300-foot waterfall in the middle of the Omara River. And, uh, you know, they're chilling, having dinner. Uh, Zareth goes and gets them a job, so they have some extra money. They are going to uh, lead a caravan of uh, oxen down to Coralhelm, the merfolk uh, city enclave and uh akiri tells zareth like hey by the way there's this secret mission that i can't say much about because i don't know much about it but somebody wants us to go into the marasa skyclave zareth is like hey that sounds insane and dangerous and what if instead of doing that where we're probably gonna die we just stole a bunch of stuff and went off and lived on our own and akiri is like look yeah it's dangerous but I need to do something to help my people, all the people of Zendikar, my people, the people of Seagate, the people who have survived tragedy. We need to keep surviving. We need to empower everyone. And I need you to be by my side. And Zareth is like, absolutely, I will be by your side. Just don't like it that much. And, and, uh, you know, we get... uh, I know apprehension, I think, is the word I want to use for this whole story. Like, you know, they they take this dangerous route on a quest where they end up getting nothing. And then there's this mysterious quest where they don't know much other than it's really dangerous. And they have uh, this other side job now the next day. And it's just there's a lot of there's not a lot of like calm or resolution in any of them as characters. Um, and, that, and that's this is where part one leaves off. Like I said, we'll cover part two tomorrow. Um, my tomorrow. big takeaway, or tomorrow, geez, next uh, week. Next week. <laughs> it's what I, time's fake. So, uh, <laughs> um, I really like this story as a smaller, quieter character piece. Um, you know, there's, there's really good intimate moments with, uh, Akiri and, and Zareth, um, introspectively within those characters and between them. Um, you know, stuff that, uh, like, Stuff that doesn't work in a summary. So, like, I can't, I can't explain what these moments are. Go read the story. Like, so we'll, we'll link to the stories so you can go, go read them if you haven't already. Um, 
but um, you you get this sense of dedication and I don't not guilt is not the word I want, but it's like adjacent to a word I'm looking for, uh, and and the way Akiri and Zareth have dealt with that feeling in different ways. Um, I I I love little character moments. Um, you know, I we I think we briefly talked about this. Um, a couple episodes ago, and, you know, I'm I'm really glad these legend stories are here. I I love the small stories about plain bound characters, and and this was one of those stories, and I really I really like that about it. Ryan, do you have thoughts? Um, unfortunately, I do not. I I think Lorelai covered everything that I had as far as this story, just because you know, um, don't have a lot of strong feelings about this one. I I really really appreciated it. I thought that, like Lorelai said, the the plain bound stories are always so interesting, especially when we have these giant plane shattering stories from the planeswalkers. And it's nice to like kind of see a home scene, see what it's like to live on Zendikar. Uh, I think we do really get that from these characters. I will agree. Um, guilt plays a very large role into it, and how these different characters play into it with uh, Zareth San kind of running wanting to run away from it and akiri feeling an obligation to prevent it in the future and like you can kind of see this moments that she has where she's you know you would love to see her run off with Zareth, and they would just live out their lives a core merfolk love story uh and it would be great um and she thinks about it but she can't she has to help her people and Zareth san has to help akiri um I do think it's funny, Akiri has the line that when she's talking about finding that power, uh, the means by which they might shape a weapon from their pain is what she says. Uh, and I think it's funny that she calls it a weapon because her legendary creature cards both care about equipment. That's, that's, that's chef's kiss. Uh, also would like to wipes kiss Akiri. <laughs> she definitely... I'm a uh, lesbian and she has side shapes and is muscular so she's definitely looking very fit right now um now her got her new card is really cool too if, if i didn't have a mono white equipment deck already and already have two boros decks i would build probably an akiri deck uh she is going in my uh lesbians commander deck though that is uh saskia because that also has a minor equipment theme so anyway that's neither here nor there uh although i guess at this point probably final thoughts time so my final thought for this week is that i don't actually have a final thought hold on <laughs> <laughs> um i've caught so many shiny pokemon this past week it's been wonderful i found there there's a day earlier this week where i was a little bit depressed and didn't do any work and the not doing work part was fine my my schedule accommodated but I just, I basically just played Pokemon all day uh, and just, I caught seven shinies and that's unreal. Uh, just, you just start up the YCOM, try to get into a thing, look for the, the rare spawn uh, things. If you don't get it, uh, disconnect, reconnect, uh, it'll reset your things and just keep going until you find shinies. Because uh, uh, people who get shiny raids tend to put them up on the YCOM. There are... You know, streamers are constantly shiny hunting, you know, doing doing shiny raid hunts. Uh, they're uh, 
It, it's it's just a much higher percentage chance of finding a shiny doing YCOM shenanigans with max raid battles than it is um, Masuda method breeding or uh, or uh, any any of those other things. But uh, it's, yeah, it's really exciting. Caught uh, the Thursday, the day we record this, I caught a shiny Yamper. So I have a level 100 Yamper now. It's very good. It's a little Corgo. It's cute and pink. Love it. Nice. My final thought is that uh, going on vacation is always fun until you get back and then I'm going to end up working a bunch of extra hours to make up for the lost time. So it's been a, it's been a fun week. And by fun, I mean super stressful and annoying. So. Everyone well, have fun in my in, in my honor because I'm not going to be having fun this weekend. So. <laughs> well, thank you for taking an hour uh, and some change from your evening and spending it with us because we appreciate it. Um, who else is going to make vanilla ice references during the podcast? <laughs> I mean, Lorelai, obviously, but um, what? No, Brian got there first. I did the Nick Cage one. <laughs> now you got to do one. Oh, I don't do references to anything ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Actually, you got to do a final thought, though. Yeah, my my final thought is actually just going to be: um, if you were a toothlich, how would you convince other people to put your uh, enthralling teeth in their mouth? Like, what would be your method to get those teeth in those people's mouths so that you could turn them into your thralls? I'd this, be a this is this is not a final thought. This is a question. This I'd is a question, and I want the audience to answer. Okay, not us. Comment comment to this episode on Twitter. Uh, once you've seen it posted, and, and let us know how you would put your enthralling teeth in the mouths of your victims if you were a toothlich. Uh, yeah, what did we do? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Vorthos Cast. We're also on uh, Tumblr at the Vorthos Cast, SoundCloud at the Vorthos Cast, and uh, most importantly, patreon.com slash the Vorthos Cast, where you can donate and help support the show and keep us running and keep us making episodes and whatever this toothlitch thing is that has now run from before the episode through the episode we're probably going to talk about it after i don't know um stuff like this happens so you can support that weirdos um <laughs> everyone who supports us on uh patreon gets access to our discord community where forthoses from around the world are apparently talking about toothliches uh, but we're also New set release. New set releases are exciting. So, uh, you know, get drafting and playing sealed events and brewing for standard and historic and playing arena. Hopefully it's updated by the time this episode is out because there's been some update issues and blah. And uh, <laughs> uh, as we also mentioned earlier in this episode, we have a higher tier where you get access to uh, the live listen role. Which, uh, on Thursdays at around uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can hop in the live listen chat and our, um, I was about to say voice channel, but tec technically you're in the voice channel, but you're muted. So no talking on our podcast. It's our show, not yours, but you can listen and hang out. And like I said, uh, chat with us before and after the show, uh, get the content of the episode uh, a couple days early. So you get early access to everything. And uh, just get to hang out and like be part of the whole recording session. It's uh, it's fun. We have uh, yeah, really glad that uh, moved down from a higher cost tier recently, and we've had a lot more people um, participating in the live lessons. It's been a lot of fun. We're uh, we I, you know we we have a wonderful community of folks. We've got uh, 
so many great people and we would love for more people to be part of that so uh to to everyone who supports us on patreon uh thank you thank you all for listening this has been the warthos cast